Welcome to Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids, where we look back on the church fathers who raised the ramparts which defend our faith to present day. On this episode, we are going to learn about Martin Bucer. You may be familiar with him as being a prominent reformer in the country of Germany. So, let's take a closer look. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica. Hello, children. Two saplings are with us. The oldest sapling with us today is Edward. Or the abominable snowman. Abominable, abominable snowman. The abominable. Abominable. <laughs> or the abominable. <laughs> abominable. Or the abominable snowman. Just kidding. I'm Edward. Hello. And the other sapling with us today is Nora. Hello, my name is Katie Von Boy. Just kidding, it's Nora. <laughs> you guys are taking on different roles, aliases this episode. What? I'm the only alien around here. Nora so, is actually a real person. You know who else we have with us? Luther. Who else do we have with us? A Luther little, the kitty again. A little sleepy kitten once again. He yeah. just wants to be on the podcast too. And he's in the same spot as last time. He loves it. He loves it. He's <laughs> our little black cat. Yay. So we're in the middle of winter here, and the two years we've been here, it has not snowed as much as we thought it would in New York City. Am I right? Right. Right. But the other day, we had quite the little downpour of snowing. Of Is snow. it called a downpour? A little, a good, a good... Uh, sprinkling? Yeah, maybe? good sprinkling of snow, a good blanket layer. That lasted one day. <laughs> but you guys got to have some fun on that one day. Why don't you tell us what you did on that day? We went sledding! And so we we grabbed our pizza pans because that's what we use. And it was like my fifth time sweating down. Some other people came and they t- and they took my pizza pan. Maybe they were hungry for some pizza. Yeah, they probably thought you were bringing pizza to the sledding party. No, I had the <laughs> pizza pan in my hands. Yep. And then this girl just walks by and grabs it and gives it to some other kid. She didn't even ask her anything. Such an injustice. Wow. That's stealing. Reparations, Eddie. Did you guys have fun besides your one little hiccup? I had so much fun. Did we you get all wet? Yeah. Yeah, you came home and you were soaking wet and your your okay. cheeks were so pink, weren't they? I got a frostbite. You did not get frostbite. <laughs> she almost got And frostbite. Eddie did get his pizza pan back. This was just someone wanting their son or grandson or someone to like use it real quick and they thought they could just... Treat Eddie's toy as a community toy or something. So Well, it wasn't even Eddie's toy. It was my pizza pan. Anyway. We do have sleds, but they're just packed away. Yeah, so that was super fun. We got some snow, and the kids were able to go sledding and have a ton of fun. This episode, like I said, we are going to be learning about Martin Bucer. And I realize Martin Bucer is not one of the most popular reformers. Most people will always hear of Martin Luther... And Martin John. Luther and Martin Bucer sound a lot alike. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you hear about John Calvin, you hear about Zwingli, John Knox, but Martin Bucer doesn't really get talked about so much. But his influence behind the scenes is what he is most known for. So, Eddie, what he, year was he born? He was born in 1491. 1491. And he was born in France, and though he was born in France, he mostly ministered in Germany. Bucer, growing up, 
became a Roman Catholic monk, and he was of the Dominican order. If we remember what we know about Martin Luther, he was a part of an Augustinian order. So there were different places that monks would be taught in and live in, and they were all part of a certain order. And so you'll see that Dominican order or Augustine order or Augustinian order. And so anyway, Martin Bucer was of the Dominican order. Martin Bucer ended up meeting Martin Luther, and Martin Luther influenced him big time. And he was telling him, hey, the church has got it messed up. There's some serious doctrine that they need fixing. And so you know what Martin Bucer did? As soon as he left his time hanging out with Martin Luther, you know what's the first thing he did? Can I guess? Yeah, what's your guess? My guess is he changed his name to Martin Luther. <laughs> to have the same name? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what he did? He went back and he wanted his monastic vows, his monastic vows to be annulled. What does that mean? He said, I don't want to be a monk anymore. Because they have to take vows to promise to do certain things for the rest of their life. One of them being to never get married. Right? Monks don't get married. Mm -hmm. But anyway, there's other things too. And he said, I want this done and over with. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Our cat is snoring. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't think I've ever heard a cat. <laughs> Breaking news. Our cat is snoring. Hold on. I'm going to turn up a mic. All right, well, I don't know if you guys could hear that, but that is Luther snoring. Your story's putting him to sleep. So after Martin Bucer joined in the Protestant Reformation, he caught wind of what Zwingli was doing over in Switzerland, and he knew what Martin Luther was doing in Germany, and Bucer was the one who actually got Luther and Zwingli together to talk about theology. Mm. He brought them together. That's cool. The biggest thing that Luther and Zwingli differed on, they agreed on almost everything else, but the Lord's table, communion, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The bread and the wine? Yeah. That was the biggest thing that they had a disagreement about. So they couldn't seem to come to an agreement, even though Bucer fought really hard for them to kind of band together and team together, but they didn't do that yet. At the same time, though, they did still support each other. And they encouraged each other in their ministries. And this was due to the work of Martin Bucer. What do you think about that, Nora? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah? What's up, bud? Just for flashback, it's really funny because our cats are named Luther and Zwingli. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we've brought them together. Yeah. Under one under one roof. And actually we're and under one friends. and they both disagree. Because Luther wants to go outside and Zwingli doesn't. You want to know what they disagree the most on? What? Their supper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to share their supper either, do they? No. They, no, they don't. That's no. really funny. They don't want to. So what happened in Bucer's life later, because Christians were still being forced to adopt Catholic beliefs, Bucer fled to England, where the whole country was Protestant. And Bucer ended up becoming a professor of divinity at the University of Cambridge. What does that mean? What's that mean, Eddie? What's a professor of divinity? That sounds like a pretty fancy thing. What is that? Dem 
Like What's he a was professor? A divine prof- like a doctor? If he's a professor and he's a professor of divinity, what is it that he taught? He taught divinity. That means he's teaching theology. He's teaching Bible. Oh. He's the professor of divinity, the one who teaches the Bible and all about God to his students. Now, this is how influential Bucer was. Anglicans from England and the Puritans and Lutherans and Calvinists all claim that Martin Bucer has influenced their theology. That's pretty cool to have influenced so many different groups of people. Pretty influential people, too. And so, to sum it up, everybody, Martin Bucer is mainly remembered for his promotion of doctrinal unity. He really tried to find commonalities between people and join them together in a team. He didn't want people to be together in ministry at all costs. He wanted to make sure that correct doctrine was the foundation. But where they could compromise, he thought it was a good idea to compromise and come together and act like one body of Christ. I think we can learn a lot from Martin Bucer's example. What do you think, Nora? Do you think that Christians should be acting like friends as much as they can, even if they disagree on some little things? They believe in the same God. I think they should. Why do you think they should? Because it's really, really good. Well, we hope that you guys enjoyed learning about Martin Bucer and the very important work that he did during the Protestant Reformation. We hope that you come back next week for another episode of Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. See you next time!